the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 44 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Briefcast, I want to come to you guys solo without my special teams unit. But nonetheless, it's a special show as uh, we will effort to get a special teams unit involved in the near future. We've heard from Biscuit and Eddie Robinson in the not so distant past. The past few episodes, we've heard from those guys, and, uh, and then we'll hear from Kalina more, and we'll get our guy, the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, on. But today is me solo, but the special guest in the building, say, <clears throat> let, me <clears throat> let me straighten up and clear my throat when I say this, we have a politician. And I don't know if is that, I don't know is that the term that they would like to be referred to as politicians? Not sure. But we have a political figure, someone running for the United States Senate, and that is Amanda Edwards from Houston. She's currently a Houston City Council person at large. So she'll tell you all about that, and I'll give you more insight into that conversation. That's in the second half of the show. But let me preview what we have coming up. This time out, we have an episode of What's Brand New. I'll tell you what's going on with me. Then we'll get into some headlines hashtag i'm so h-town and then at some point we'll get into some breast cancer awareness as october is national breast cancer awareness month and then we'll hit you with some we the people and we will tell you not only who was nice this past weekend but who was d nice and of course if you're going to talk about what's up we got to talk about what's down and we'll get into it's still called the blues so all of those things then the lamont award and before i let go so all of those things i know i normally i do it chronologically i introduce these things chronologically but not so much this time but we'll get into all of those things but let me run down a number of things for you guys want to remind you guys that you can go to the Wade's Word Productions website to catch anything and everything pertaining to Devin Wade. So if you want to hear about the Friday Express, if you want to hear about sports talk, if you want to hear about some of the theatrical things that I may be doing, I need to be doing, if you want to get acquainted with the wonderful folks who sponsor our podcast, you can do all of that at Wade's Word Productions. Dot com No spaces. It is not case sensitive. So all lowercase, all uppercase. I don't care. Just wadeswordproductions.com. And of course, on social media, it is Sports Talk with Devin Wade, the page and group on Facebook and on Twitter at Wadesword. So all of those ways to reach out and touch me. And furthermore, the sports line uh, phone number. 832-941-6614-24 hours a day. I know I said it fast, I'm going to say it again. 832-941-6614. That's the number to call if you have a take on anything in the world of sports. And that's the way to get in touch with me. You definitely want to do that. And, of course, if you have music for the podcast, uh, we have some music coming up. But the, our DJ, DJ Anarchy, will be in the building soon. Not this episode. He'll be back on uh, soon, and we'll get into some more of his mixes and mixes from other DJs. But if you're an artist, a fledgling artist, or an established artist, and you want your music played on the podcast, just email me at, well, email us at music at wadeswordproductions.com, and uh, we'll get you set up. And we'll play your music as long as it's radio edit. We'll hit a uh, segment at the halfway point and the entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the podcast. So, again, 832-941-6614 and music at wadeswordproductions.com. And when you go to the Wadesword Productions website, 
please, please, please uh, subscribe to the letter, the uh, emails, uh, so I can email you guys and let you know what's coming up from time to time. Not daily, not even weekly, but from time to time, we email you guys uh, in a little detail uh, what's new on the website, what's new as it pertains to the podcast. In addition to that, it can preview any of the remotes that we plan to do, and we plan to do some. And I know my TFE folks want to get involved with that, and also stuff like new merchandise, new sponsors, all those fun things. So all of that stuff is coming up but right now it's time for a segment that we call brand new brand new brand new brand new what's brand new with me well there's a lot that's brand new with me i'm excited and you know what and before i do that i want to remind folks of course you could always go to ktsuradio.com to check out the podcast as well uh, but all of the past episodes are housed at wagewordproductions.com but there are quite a few of them on ktsuradio.com so of course that's the the flagship for yours truly with ktsu sports talk each and every saturday morning uh 8 30 until 10 a.m with uh, the legend ralph cooper and the silver fox kevin allen so there you go we want to make sure we get that in but what's brand new with me is uh, well you know the world series the world series is great and i want to get into all of that and i'm excited and i'm thrilled and i can't say enough about it and i will in just a moment but i had to step away from it for just a minute last night because i had the rare occasion these days to go check out some music KTSU was involved in a wonderful thing with the city of Houston last night. And they brought, uh, I guess, the uh, some high school jazz performers. And in addition to that, Pancho Sanchez, the uh, played the con- he plays the congas. Uh, there's, I guess, there's a more uh, succinct and definitive explanation or title for what he does. But uh, the congas, and he does that. Uh, legendary Latin jazz was first introduced to him by our guy Juan Flores, with uh, who used to have the Latin jazz show on KTSU back in the day. But yeah, I had a chance to check him out, and of course Kirk Whalem. Now I don't know many, it's maybe not many of you guys know, but many many years ago I had a show called the Jazz Oasis, and it was it was fire. It was hot. It was all. It was acid contemporary jazz. It was. It was the best thing. It was so so awesome. But duty called, and of course, I got the Friday Express and and sports talk, and things got busy, and I had to step away from that. But I, I'm jazz through and through. Uh, I miss going to a lot. I mean, I've been to I mean so many tremendous shows through the years, including I've probably seen Kirk three or four times. I have seen, I saw Miles Davis last show in Houston. I've seen, you name it, uh, George Howard, the late George Howard. I've seen him. Uh, I mean, in jazz artists, I've seen a ton of them. Uh, when Erica Badu first came out, Jill Scott first came out, that's sort of more neo soul. But uh, anywhere from anybody from Lee Rittenauer to Whitten Marcellus to, I mean, I've seen them all. I've been to hundreds of shows. Hundreds of shows uh, through, but I hadn't gone lately, so it was nice to get out. And, of course, it was hard for me because I kept getting text messages about the game and tweets and and all of that. So it was really hard to concentrate and enjoy the show. But I had a chance to check that out. The city of Houston was involved, of course. Uh, our guy, Chef Tim, uh, hosted it, and it was a lot of fun. So I've been away for a couple of weeks. And the reason why is because it was almost like double dutch. Where do I jump in? There were World Series games that I had to really be in the moment for. So on those nights, I couldn't do it. And, of course, you have the regular responsibility Saturday shows and, and all the games in between. So it's been a very, very busy couple of weeks. So I'm, we're going to try to do two weeks this uh uh, two episodes this week, and I think uh, Eddie or uh, Biscuit will be here for that. 
It was great to do that. And of course, I love updating you guys on things that have nothing, nothing to do with sports. But it was a whole lot of fun. Didn't even get into the State Fair. At some point, I will go into my State Fair showdown experience. If you've been listening for a while, you know last year I ranted and went off on the State Fair of Texas and all of the stuff that went on with that. Well, this part two of the story, and it went a little bit better or a lot better. And I'll tell you more about that probably maybe next episode. So we won't get into that. But yeah, I just wanted, I I feel good. I feel connected to uh, the spiritual parts of me that are creative when I have a chance to really enjoy uh, some quality live music, really enjoy Pancho Sanchez. And it was, it was great. I don't catch a lot of jazz shows anymore. I miss it a whole lot. So I had to step away from the games. I actually stepped away from the latter part of the Texans game, but we'll get into that. And uh, I stepped away from the first few innings of uh, the Astros game. So, But I caught up with that. So I'm all caught up. I just had to step away for a moment. I hate missing these games because I like watching them in the moment, and I don't like watching them in crowds. I like to really kind of – uh, concentrate and uh, make notes and and all of those sorts of things. So with that, let's get into some headlines. There are so many things going on in the headlines. I could talk and have a show literally every day. I would love that if you guys would love that. But again, it, it depends on our sponsors and you guys and the response we get. So when you go to these uh, the platforms to listen to the show, hey, subscribe, leave messages. Of course, the 832-941-6614 number. Uh, all of those ways to give me some feedback if you want to hear from us every day. Because we could talk NFL, college football, the major leagues with the World Series. We could talk uh, uh, the NBA getting their start. And so there's so many things that we could be talking about and we want to talk about, and I am abreast of. I, I'm caught up on, I mean, up to the moment just about. I'm caught up. And we literally have uh, folks listening from coast to coast, from the Pacific Northwest to the Florida Keys, and even in, like, Portugal and other in Russia. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what they maybe expatriates. I don't know. I don't know who's listening. I would love to know who's listening to me in all of these places all around the world. Let me know if it's an accident. Do I entertain you? Am I able to? Do you put me on to go to sleep? What What is the appeal of the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast? I, I don't know, but I, I'm glad you're tuned in. I want you to tell your fellow Belgians, uh, Belgians, and or the uh, your, your Dutch folks and Norwegians, whatever, wherever you're listening, because we have them all over. Tell folks about it, and hey. I would love to grow the audience and maybe even go visit you. I say all that to say that, yeah, we have a worldwide audience and a national audience. But every now and then, I have to take it back to my city. You know, I'm H-Town through and through. So I got to go, I'm so H-Town. my folks all around the world i don't know where you are where you're listening just bear with me because the h town folks and uh it, it, the really all the headlines are not all but a lot of the headlines are fueled with things from the city of houston first and foremost the world series 
loving it. I mean, after going down 0-2, it was really demoralizing when your top two guys, especially Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, who, again, hadn't lost since May, he comes out and loses the opener. And then you say, okay, but it's okay. And we have a matchup with Verlander, Cy Young winner, World Series winner. And, of course, he was going up against um, Strasburg. And he lost that game, a close game, but then it got blown wide open uh, when the bullpen took over. But a relatively close game. Then you go, and I really, you know, we sort of asked the question, a lot of the questions about, okay, who who should go? How how should we approach? Well, actually, after Zach, and that was game four. Zach Granke, we knew was going in game three, and we really were like, okay, everybody, me and some of our, uh, the sports guys here, thought, okay, Granky has to bail this team out. And, and I wasn't really concerned. It's demoralizing to lose at home. I really had trusted, and I do trust, Verlander tomorrow, and I trusted Cole last night, to uh, rebound and have a better matchup against the Nationals hitters. So, I mean, they lit him up. Well, not lit the coal up so much as they he walked a lot of folks. He just didn't have a good outing uh, in game one. He came back last night in game four, in the, or game five, rather, and did work. And so now the Astros go to Washington, D.C., which was a crazy atmosphere last night. So Trump goes to the game, and they yell, lock him up. And again, you get what you put out there. You put that energy out there. You get it. Hey, <laughs> so you get what you get. I have no sympathy whatsoever. We know what it is. And, and again, I don't want to go on another political rant. And I scratched my political itch with my conversation with Amanda Edwards. But again, that happens. The girls uh, exposed them. The ladies exposed their breasts on national television. That happened last night. I don't know if people know all of that. And then, of course, you go in and win three straight against the Nationals. First time they've had a World Series in D.C. since 1933. But a great, you know what? Out of all the things that have happened in this World Series, and it's been a really exciting one. In some in ways you don't want, and others in the ways that you do want. Jose Okide in game four was amazing. What he was able to do through five, and I would have brought him out at the beginning of six, was just, it was incredible. It, he is a unsung, he's a ch- the Charlie Morton of this Astros team. Charlie Morton, of course, was tremendous in game seven versus the Dodgers. The dude was amazing. Now he's uh, will probably finish third in the Cy Young Award uh, votes. After Verlander and Cole, whichever order that goes, I think it'll be Cole that will get the Cy Young, and then Verlander will come in second. I think Morton, who was a former Astro, will come in third. I think Jose Urquide uh, uh, is the guy, the unsung hero of 2019. If the Astros go on to win this, I like their chances. Verlander has to be a dog. And, of course, Max Scherzer couldn't go last night for the National. That was huge for them. That was unfortunate. But I anticipate seeing him if there's a Game 7 and maybe tomorrow night if uh, they are in deep trouble and they need uh, somebody they can trust out of bullpen. Really, Washington's bats have silenced and their bullpen has been exposed. Man, Jordan Alvarez. We had a, a vigorous conversation about about Jordan Alvarez and Kevin Allen was like, well, no, you need it. it I, well, we talked about how he wouldn't play. He's sort of struggled. And when you go to the National League Park, there's no DH. So he would have had to play center field. And given his struggles at the plate, you don't have to take the defensive hit. So you go with Marisnik in the outfield. And it's okay. 
Jordan can chill out until we get back to Houston where he can DH, or which I figured he would start game five. But nonetheless, Kevin Allen was like, well, no, he's struggling, but the others are struggling too. What about Bregman? Why not bench Bregman too? That's not really a viable conversation because Bregman is an MVP candidate. And I trust that he can get it turned around in the postseason. He's played in the World Series. He's played in three postseasons. He knows how to fix himself under these tremendous pressure uh, pressurized situations. Uh, Alvarez only came up in June. He's 22 years old, 22, 23 years old. He's a young kid. And if he's struggling in the postseason, if we don't need him, then, okay, it's okay for him to sit down for a couple of days in D.C. and then come back home, home cooking, maybe work out whatever you need to work out. But he's starting game five, two-run homer. He was, what, three for three last night before they pulled him for a pinch runner. He was he was amazing. So And, and Bregman, five RBIs in game, um, in game four. So this has been a tremendous, tremendous World Series, and I have not watched baseball this intensely. I mean, I have seen just about every pitch. I mean, once the Astros were blown out in game two, I didn't watch much of that. I mean, I tuned out. It was over. Uh, But I still peeked in. But, again, this has been amazing, and it makes me fall back in love with the sport of baseball that I loved so much growing up. So I encourage you guys, jump in on it. Jump on the bandwagon. Do what you have to do to enjoy this. This is special, and it's, I mean, the Astros, even if they don't pull this one off, even if somehow uh, the Nationals come in here and win the last two games, six and seven, which I don't think they will, I think this team is so good. Love, you got to love Michael Brantley. You have to love Jose Altuve, Correa, Springer, uh, Maldonado, Torinos, uh, all of those guys. I mean, this team is a re- – even the relievers from Smith to Presley to Josh James to uh, Osuna, who who kind of gave it up one night. But, I, again, you know, it's okay. He did work last night. It's fine. Oh, actually, he did, did he close? No, he didn't close it last night. But he, he, he'll he be fine. He'll be fine in six and seven. But this is uh, – uh, this has been amazing, and it's a, it's something that you have, you can watch with. I mean, the intensity is right there, and the pressure situation. Every pitch matters, and, and I mean, it's just I encourage you guys to get involved with it for the last couple of games of this season because it's it made me fall back in love with baseball, and, and we don't get to talk it enough because enough folks that listen to my shows don't tune in or to talk about baseball. It's been basketball dominating the headlines, and of course football. Speaking of football, Houston Texans huge win. Uh, I mean, hey. Deshaun Watson gets kicked in the face, still throws a touchdown. The win is not the story. Story is J.J. Watt, again, is out for the season with a torn peck, and this is the third or fourth season he's uh, his season has ended. So it's been a rough go for a guy that the city of Houston loves. I know a lot of people give him grief because if he puts a nickel in a cup of a homeless person, he's going to uh, send out a press release. But to that I say, hey, man. Get get the love. It's fine. I mean, dude. I mean, maybe if you if you you shining shining the spotlight on yourself for doing something good, maybe that might inspire other people to give and do something good, even if it's to get their own shine. Uh, the The bottom line is the bottom line. He's done good. Now again, a lot of people do good in the dark, and they don't do it for publicity. Uh, no, 
I don't say that for JJ. <laughs> JJ, JJ has never seen a camera he didn't love, and he has created his own narrative. And congratulations for that. But he's out for the year. What does this mean? No uh, clowning. Mercer is having a good year. Uh, they made a trade for Conley, the DB from Oakland. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have to see. I, I'm not. I think this is an 800 team, nine and seven. Eight and eight. I mean, seven and nine at the worst. I, I mean, I just, what do you want me to say? I, I just can't get too thrilled about this team. I did give them a lot of love. I think last time out, I've had a couple shows, different places since then. I did an hour with uh, my man Mark Gray in D.C. So I've been all over the place. But, yeah, I mean, what do you, well, it's hard to get excited about the Texans. It really, other than Deshaun Watson, uh, who was an amazing, an amazing player. Uh, but the pieces around him aren't as consistent other than uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, that's going on. The Rockets are two, one and one on the season. They have a big game probably as we speak uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris Paul comes back to Houston. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, these guys see each other, talk to each other. I don't know if there's much uh, on-court drama. Not like the Westbrook-Durant thing. I don't think none of that is going on. These guys are too into uh, their careers. Uh, and, I mean, it is what it is. It's out, man. All of them are multimillionaires. I don't know how much they will be tonight. I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens with the Houston Rockets and other stuff going on in and around the NBA. And we'll get into some of that because uh, we're going to get into a segment in just a little bit called uh, D-Nice. Not only who was nice, but who was D-Nice. But right now, I want to get into a segment that we call We the People. This is where I turn to you guys and ask you guys the questions, and I uh, post poll questions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And we asked, uh, and previously we asked, we talked about the best team in the NFC. And I think Biscuit and I talked about it. I think he said Seattle. I know San Francisco was in the conversation. A lot of people voted. But we got a call uh, about that, and here is what the caller had to say. Hey, man, this is Harvey. First time caller, long time listener. I mean, to answer your question, the, the best team in the NFC has got to be the Saints. Beat the Seahawks in Seattle, beat Dallas, games we probably should lose, you know, we end up winning. You know, without, uh, if you would have said we would have been 5-1 and one without uh, Drew Brees being there, I would have said you were crazy, but yet we are. So the best team, hands down, got to be the who that. I mean, hey, Eddie Robinson wouldn't argue with that. Uh, and he's a New Orleans, uh, what, a New Orleanian? He's a New Orleans, uh, New Orleans native. He wouldn't argue with that. I think you can make a case for him. What I think is surprising about the Saints, no Alvin Kamara yesterday. You missed Drew Brees for several weeks with the thumb injury. He comes back. 373 yards uh, passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and, and a big win. Uh, and again, the thing is, the defense, We, I think I slept on the defense because they got off to such a bad start, in my opinion, by letting the Texans go down the field and score very late in that game. It was only the Drew Brees heroics uh, that brought the Saints back in that situation. But if you want to call and have a, a retort or a comment of any kind, 832-941-6614. Thanks for calling. Where is Nate Jones? Where is Jess, Jesse Mitchell? What it, where is uh, uh, Willie Carter? All those folks I want to hear from. Uh, shouts out to those fellas. I would love to hear their take. So just give me a call 24 hours a day and leave a message, and we will, uh, we will get your comment. 
comment on. But we this time out, we asked a, a number of questions about the NBA. Since the NBA, we kind of slept on the NBA, didn't really preview the NBA like we wanted to, so wrapped up in NFL and Major League Baseball, didn't get a chance to do that. So I asked you guys, which team will advance the furthest in the NBA playoffs? I did it by the conference. In the Western Conference, I said Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Jazz, and then I, as a write-in candidate, the Golden State Warriors. Well, you guys answered, and to the tune of 76%, you guys said the Clippers, and 24% got the Lakers, picked the Lakers. I went with, and I'll post on the Ways Word Productions website, I will post what Ralph Cooper's has, his predictions were, Kevin Allen, Bisco. Chili Bill Smith, Eddie Robinson, all those guys. I will post those on the website as well. I picked the Denver Nuggets. Now, I'm being a contrarian with that. I don't know if they have enough, but I'm going to say Anthony Davis will not stay healthy. He and or LeBron won't stay healthy, so I will well, I will eliminate them. The Clippers, the same situation. Although, man, right now Kawhi looks unstoppable, but long, it's a long season. So I am going to take the Denver Nuggets, who, you know, again, Murray and uh, Jokic and all of those guys that they have. And that's a deep team. That's a really good team. And maybe in defeat last year, they learned what they needed to learn to get forward and advance a little bit further this season. So I don't know that I really believe that. But for now, the Denver Nuggets are my selection to win it all. Well, to yeah, to win it all. To win it all. To go to the NBA Finals. Ask you guys the same question in the Eastern Conference. Who will advance the furthest in the NBA playoffs? The Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks, the 76ers, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, or the Toronto Raptors. 45% of you said the Milwaukee Bucks. 45% said the 76ers. And 10% said the Boston Celtics. I went with the Bucks. I don't know. You know, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo was sort of exposed last year as, uh, you know, he could be shut down in one-dimensional. So we got into that, and uh, we that's how you guys answered that question. One more question in the We The People segment. We asked about the Houston Rockets. How far will they advance in the NBA playoffs? One series win and done. 54% of you said that. A first-round exit, 8% said that. A 7%, 7% of you guys said a set, uh, uh, NBA championship for the Rockets. And the, what, 31%. 31% said the Western Conference Finals. So nobody had them advancing to the finals and not winning it. So most of you guys felt like they were one series and done. So they'll win the playoff opening round and then lose in the conference semifinals. Um, that's probably the most, uh, that's probably the best selection. Maybe they can make it depending on seeds. I mean, this is five, six, seven months away. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of things that can happen between now and then, but I can tell you this, it'll be interesting. And the NBA season is going to be a whole lot of fun. If it's half as much fun as all the excitement surrounding the off season, it's going to be a great NBA season. I'm just not ready for it right now. I'm in the midst of the world series and because it's October, we do want to take some time out to recognize that October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So here's a message about that. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. 
It's designed to increase the awareness of the disease and to raise money for the research into its cause, prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and cure. In 2019, it's estimated that nearly 332,000 cases of invasive and non-invasive breast cancers will be diagnosed. Although we can't show you that we are wearing pink, we do want to remind you to wear pink and schedule your mammogram today. In honor of October as National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're playing a song from cancer survivor Terry Donald. Here's a snippet of It's Not Over and catch the entire track at the end of this podcast. Cancer, they said, a hard work to hear. It took hold and it made me fear. My eyes off the Lord, I started to Sports Talk with Devin Wade, briefcast uh, 44 of uh, the podcast. And go back and listen to full-fledged episodes. I want to encourage you guys to go back and listen when we have the special teams unit. We do some different things when the whole crew is involved or more than one. When it's just more than myself, uh, we have some fun segments. And I encourage you guys to go back in the archives and see what we uh, have been all about over the last couple years. So we've continued to grow with your support. But yeah, you ought to yourself to go back and listen to past episodes if you are just hopping aboard. With that, it's time for a segment uh, that we call and recognize not those who were just nice this past weekend, but those who were de-nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. If you're going to talk about teams that had a huge weekend, let's talk about the teams, then the players. The San Francisco 49ers moved to 7-0 on the season after a huge 51-13 blowout of the Carolina Panthers. And that uh, that carriage that is Kyle Allen has turned back into a pumpkin, I suspect. Uh, how long before we see Cam Newton? Not sure. That's a Carolina issue. And let's talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, man, we talked about them earlier, 7-1 on the season after after welcoming back Drew Brees, no Alvin Kamara. But, hey, man, Latavius Murray was a beast this weekend. He got off in a big, big way, and the Saints win big 7-1 and one on the season. The New England Patriots continue to be undefeated, although the offense looks woeful. It's their defense that's carrying the day. They had a 27-13 win over the hapless Cleveland Browns. Did you know that the Patriots are a plus 17 in turnover ratio, and they're only uh, allowing 7.6? Six points per game. You can't beat that. You, you just what, how, what can you do with that? I mean, you talk about going to the crossroads, making a deal with the devil. Belichick. Not only do you have Tom Brady, now you have the number one defense in the NFL, a all-time great defense through eight weeks. Man, unbelievable so far. If you want to talk about the NBA, there are a couple teams got up. The T Wolves, three and zero on the season after a big win this weekend over the Heat and the Thunder. They decimated the Golden State Warriors. It was embarrassing to the tune of 120 to 92. That was Sunday for their first win, but boy, they made the Warriors look absolutely horrible. You want to talk about individuals? Let's talk about Drew Brees. He was D-nice. He was back and did his damn thing. 34 of 43, 373 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Cooper Cup, seven receptions.
receptions, 221 yards, one touchdown. The kid averaged 31.4 yards per reception. 30, that's, a, that's a 1975 stat. 31.4 yards per reception. Aaron Jones, did a, he did his uh, best Christian McCaffrey impression. He had seven uh, receptions for the Green Bay Packers for 159 yards and two touchdowns. And he had 13 carries for 67 yards. If you want to talk NBA, Trey Young averaging 38.5 points per game uh, in his uh, early on in this NBA season. He's looking like a star. That team is winning. I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks. They're getting off to a great start. The big cat, Carl Anthony Towns for the Minnesota T-Wolves. He got off Friday. He had 37 points, 15 rebounds, and a 121-99 win over the Charlotte Hornets. It also happened to be Flip Saunders, former head coach Flip Saunders' birthday. He passed away four years ago from cancer. His son is now the T-Wolves head coach, and that team is 3-0. and And in a very touching moment, he dedicated the uh, gave the team the game ball to the head coach, which is Flip Saunders' son. So with that, going to take a time out, wrap up the first part of Briefcast 44. When we come back, a conversation with Houston City Council person and maybe future United States Senator Amanda Edwards. That's coming up in the second half. Also, the Lamont Award. And if you go up, you got to come down. Let's talk about the blues on the other side as well. First, a word from our sponsors, and then we will be back with more. It's Briefcast 44, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSURadio.com or wherever you get your podcast sports talk with Devin wade would like to welcome our new sponsor five dollar jewelry paradise with the help of actress singer and independent paparazzi consultant terry donald you can enhance your look and treat yourself without breaking the bank if you need a little sparkle and that just right accessory to help you shine brighter visit five dollar jewelry paradise at five dollar jewelry paradise.com you can also join her weekly facebook live party thursdays at 8 45 p.m book your very own vending event or home party and if you think you would like to earn a little extra income you too can sling some bling by calling 832-296-1716 in addition to looking great and being inexpensive all jewelry is nickel and lead free so start shopping now by going to the number five the word dollar jewelryparadise.com why not treat yourself to a little sparkle so the world can see you shine Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade.
Welcome back to Precast 44 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up in just a minute, we are going to uh, hear from the city council person, Amanda Edwards. And, of course, we still have the Lamont Award. And we want to get into uh, Still Called the Blues and before I let go. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys, if you want your music played on the podcast, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and the entire track at the end of the podcast and give yourself your uh, music some exposure to folks all around the world and again you can do that by emailing us at music at wadeswordproductions.com music at wadeswordproductions.com with that you know we talked about who got off let's talk about who were the big losers over the weekend and that's why it's still called the blues A lot of teams and a lot of fan bases still have the Blues, not the least of which are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, They continue to suffer. The Denver Broncos continue to suffer. But how about a team that sort of reminds me of a BG song? The song says, how could love so right turn out to be so wrong? And all of you guys who were in love with the Cleveland Browns, hey, it is so, so wrong. The team continues to lose. No real signs of hope. Two and five on the season. So for all of you who crowned them, hey, you just crowned. I don't know. Maybe that's a paper crown. I don't know. Maybe that's a dunce hat, not a crown. Nonetheless, uh, it's still called the Blues if you're a Browns fan. Chicago Bears, not much better. You are the victim of high expectations and early success. After winning three out of four, the Bears have lost three straight, and they don't seem to have a clue offensively. They are questioning head coach Matt uh, Matt Nagy and, of course, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who you see the success of Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and you say, wait a minute, we took Mitchell Trubisky? What in the world were we thinking? Also, Sam Darnold continued to to look woeful after seeing ghosts. We we never talked about that, but seeing ghosts, that's what he sort of said uh, versus the Patriots. That happened on Monday. Then on Sunday, again, more interceptions as the Jets lose to the Jaguars. In addition to that, the entire Nationals bullpen. This team just cannot get it done in the bullpen. And I just need them to do that one more night. I need one more night of of a bad bullpen performance. And finally, the Golden State Warriors. What happened to the beloved Golden State Warriors? Again, I mentioned this earlier. They lost last night 120 to 90, uh, what, 92 or something? Something like that 120 to 92 so a horrible horrible start for the Golden State Warriors they already gave up 141 points to the Clippers I'm it can't be this bad it cannot be like this for the remainder of the season we'll have to see how it turns out but hey any way you look at it it's still called the Blues With that, it's time to go to a conversation I had last week with Houston City Councilwoman Amanda Edwards. She is running for U.S. Senate. She will be running for the seat currently held by John Cornyn. Now, you know what? I just wanted to change it up a little bit. And also, you know, a lot of people understand uh, the impact of what we're doing here with uh, Sports Talk and all the uh, folks who tune in and listen and vote, more importantly. All of you who all who are active politically, at least on Election Day. And that's, uh, hey, that's a start. 
to get started on election day and take it from there. But nonetheless, wanted to have the conversation. She has always been really pleasant. She played in the uh, City Houston basketball game. Just she's game for anything. And so we thought we would involve her in a little bit of sports talk. Now, she was traveling and she was on the road. That's uh, the reason for sort of a bad connection at times. Uh, she sort of broke up at one point. We lost her and we had to reconnect. Uh, and we may have her again before March and uh, see or maybe before next November depending on how it goes but nonetheless she was very uh, pleasant and always really really nice and of course I guess if you're a politician if you're running for office you got to be nice right I mean would, although I would probably like somebody who was not so nice just you know just be raw and real with me but no <laughs> seriously she is very nice uh, and pleasant to talk to and uh, we got into a, a, you know, and really the best part of the conversation was the conversation that didn't air because i got a chance to vent politically and i got a chance to sort of flex my political muscles i want to do it sometimes on here and, and i know people get so annoyed with it so i don't uh, but nonetheless this is not that this is a, a wonderful conversation with houston city councilwoman and uh, maybe future u.s senator amanda edwards As promised, joined now by Houston City Council person and United States Senatorial candidate Amanda Edwards. A sign that we are just like the Jeffersons moving up to a deluxe apartment in the sky. How are you this afternoon? <laughs> we are moving on up. We yes, we are, and it's 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 been an incredible journey. So, thank you for having me on this afternoon. So, we are venturing into uncharted territory for us because now we get to talk yes. to an actual politician instead of listening to my political rant. So, again, as <laughs> as city council person at large, what how what exactly does that mean? Yeah, of course. So. Um, I like to tell everybody that as an at-large Houston City Council member, I just have a tiny responsibility of representing a tiny little district known as the entire city of Houston. So, obviously, that's a big job. It's 2.3 million Houstonians that I represent. Uh, some council members represent select districts with about 200 and some odd people in them, 200,000 people in them. I represent the whole city, 2.3 million, and have enjoyed this job thoroughly. I've been serving in this way since Sylvester Turner, Mayor Turner, took office in 2016. So uh, we've been in at the same, we got in at the same time, and it's really been a really exciting journey, a positive journey, a you know challenging journey, but one in which I believe that has led toward results for the city of Houston, which I'm really proud of. And we can get into all of that. But, you know, and, and being the crack sort of quasi-journalist that I am and doing my research, <laughs> I saw that you went to Harvard Law School. So that is the, I guess you this is your proverbial opportunity to have an Obama story. What's your Obama story since you you went to Harvard Law School? Even I know I'm sure you didn't weren't there at the same time, but everybody who went to Harvard Law School, I bet you has an Obama story. Well, I do have an Obama story, and um, mine happens to be one that relates to a, a really significant piece of our history. So when I was in law school, I had one of my mentors, Professor Charles Ogletree, which is also one of uh, President Obama's mentors. And wh what happened was, at the time, Professor Ogletree had a case 
in which he was pursuing justice for those that had been survivors of the 1921 Tulsa race riot. So I don't know if you're familiar with that. The Black Wall Street. Yes. Come correct. on now. And Come on. Give me a little story. bit of credit. Well, listen, I know. I, listen, we have, we have to make sure everybody's familiar with the story. And it's not as well known as one might think. And so in that context, those survivors, those that were still living, still had not seen justice. And so Professor Ogletree uh, got some of his students together, including me, and we went to Washington and filed a petition in the Supreme Court for them to seek and receive justice for the losses that they had experienced. And in making that trek, and we're talking about very old people, 1921, there were lots of survivors that were dying at the time, so we wanted to hurry, and we also wanted to make that experience memorable for them. So the one and only uh, Barack Obama at the time was Senator Barack Obama, not president, was on our agenda of making sure that we introduced those Tulsa race riot survivors to him while we were in Washington, and that we did. And so I, along with a number of us, have a picture on our desk, and President Obama, then Senator Obama, with us uh, as students. And so uh, it was a really memorable experience because we got to see that intergenerational take on what was happening. You know, you think about it, you have people whose homes and livelihoods have been burned to the ground. They're very old and, you know, very up in age. That was the previous generation. Seeing the new generation now take leadership. And, of course, at that time, everybody knew that President Obama would, at some point, become President Obama. So it was an exciting time for them. I knew somewhere along the way you you you, you all seem to have a uh, Obama story. I, I would have, uh, you know, as an African American woman, and of course Obama being who he is, yeah, you know, it's only natural. So let's, let's downshift to something a little bit more in my wheelhouse. As a city council person, what sort of uh, sports related issues come about? I mean, obviously, probably what city parks. Um, what, what sort of things cross uh, in enter the chambers of city council well besides for the fact that we're getting ready to whip up on uh mayor turner in our basketball game on november 1st are you asking for size for that oh, well, we have our cnc game on november 1st so we actually play uh a little basketball uh but besides for that of course you have uh parks department where people are always trying to seek opportunities to expand access and so we see a lot of that, we, and, and that's under the purview of the city. So under the purview, we, we regulate or, or help to facilitate uh, the use of the parks in the city. And so what you may have heard of recently is that there are these partnerships that are forming in the community in which some of our neighborhood parks are getting more adequately funded as a result. So that's been exciting. So you may see some changes in your parks. I don't have any specific yet because brand new, but we've been seeing partners come to the table ready to see people being better able to use the parks in the city. You're breaking up just a little bit on me, but we're going to press forward oh, because sorry. that this is what we do. We press forward. We make it happen. So okay. the I asked folks across the board, you know, I have a, a prominent politician that I will likely be on the podcast what questions would you have and sort of unanimously everybody said well you know what about 
football play, well, athletes, college athletes getting compensated by the NCAA. Now, again, now I preface all that by saying I understand as a U.S. senator, you're looking at more federal laws and you won't be involved in the state level uh, because California passed a fair pay to play act, which will in four years compensate uh, or allow uh, NCAA athletes to be compensated. Uh, for their likeness and off, other off the field things, and that sort of sort of created a huge conflict between the NCAA and the state, state of California. Now, about mm-hmm. twelve other states are thinking about this. Without knowing how much you've delved into this, uh, what are your general thoughts on uh, college athletes getting compensated from the NCAA, or at least for, yeah, on their own likeness? That's a great question. Um, that's a great question, and I think it was a bold move by the state of California to say that these athletes can have some equity in this equation. They break down like how much that industry is worth and the billions of dollars that are made. And, and that the fact of the matter is a lot of these athletes, these student athletes aren't seeing a penny and they're not coming from as high economic means necessarily. So they're watching everyone around them, coaches being paid millions and they're not. And so there is a big question about fairness and equity there. I know that you're going to get arguments about tradition of sport and being an amateur sport, and, and there's a huge conflict right now with the NCAA and the state of California. Now, it doesn't require that the academic institutions pay the athletes, but it does allow them to get endorsement deals and get payment for their license being used. And, you know, just a variety of things that are used to make a profit from us people and the athlete gets to learn some of that. So I do think, you know, there's certainly a strong argument to see that happening with the pay gap as well. Like that people are looking for more equity. And I don't think it's that's a bad thing to want to have more equity. Is there such a thing as it getting out of control? Perhaps. I don't know, you know, I'm sure there are two sides to this coin, so I'd be sure the arguments on the other side of that. Um, maybe you can find a compromise a position where, you know, it, it doesn't become such a distraction where it's not taken away from the college sport, but at the same time, finding out a way, finding a way to be a little a little more fair might be a, a, a way to look at this. But I definitely think they've highlighted with this law, you know, the disparity and, and lack of equity here because it's their talent, of course, that is bringing in the championship. I mean, the coaching staff also obviously plays a role in this and, and those that support the game. But, you know, these students are working hard, and it isn't to say they should be, you know, pro athletes, but there may be some opportunity here to find some, some middle ground. Shifting you slightly about, you know, as a U.S. Say you go on to win, and we'll, we'll, I guess we could say, okay, you'll go on to become United States Senator. The other thing I I wanted to ask about was HBCU uh, funding and things of that nature, and the 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 viability and the assistance that the government can provide for HBCUs, and what kind of influence uh, would you like to have as it pertains to that? Oh yeah, I mean, there are grants always made available too college institutions of all sorts, public, private, and HBCUs, you name it. And one of the presidential candidates actually offered up a proposal to expand the funding available for HBCUs, which I think is, is a positive thing to do, and one where we're seeing more and more people become more cash-strapped. So when 
a college or university can't pay at the expenses on its own right, then they're passing off those costs to the consumer. And in this case, the consumer is the person that pays tuition. So that's not really helping people gain access to higher education when those tuition rates are going up. So having helping to offset some of that would be helpful. I think state institutions, the state also needs to play a role. It used to be the case where there was seemingly much more funding available at the state level for some of the public institutions that now don't see quite as much of that high. And so that, that means that students are being made to bear the cost. And one of the things that so we lost uh, Councilman Edwards for a second. So we have her back. So let and we sort of got m the gist of your HBCU response. Now, but let let's say and as we wind down here, because I know you are, and, and let me sort of let everybody know you are traveling. You are uh, all over the country and all over the state, certainly, and getting ready for your March primary. And so you uh you agreed to sort of squeeze us in uh, when you could, and we certainly appreciate that. And so that is why, hey, you are on the go and and having this conversation now. Let's talk a little bit about your basketball game, because when I first this is where okay, so I would see you at KTSU. <laughs> I would see you at KTSU. Uh, you would be the guest of Impact Houston Live, and you would talk about the more serious issues. And then we would return to the playground, and the fellas from Sports Talk would come in. And then, I, of course, I called a City Houston basketball game and saw it. And I was like, "Yeah, she's she's about it. She'll stick her nose in there and try to play some basketball." And uh, so that that was a whole lot of fun doing that event. Uh, so, have you been working on your basketball game? But don't tell Mayor Turner because, you know, the city council faces off against the mayor every year, as you know, for charity. And my first two games, our first two games, we won against the mayor. We beat the mayor. But this time, last year, the mayor brought in a bunch of ringers into the game. Uh, and so it wasn't it wasn't a fair shake. So we're going to be ready this year. I haven't gotten on the basketball course since last year this time, but don't tell anybody. And you know what? And finally, we have a ton of Washingtonians and Virginians who listen to the podcast. So, and so you have folks all over the country. A lot of folks in Virginia and D.C. area listen. I actually was on with a, a gentleman from uh, D.C. last night. And so the sort of revving up the rivalry between uh, Washington, D.C. And, and Houston as the Astros are set to take on the Nationals. Any challenges you want to throw out there to, uh, to the folks in Washington who uh, may come across the podcast or any any trash talk? I mean, they're just not ready. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. It's very simple. They're just not ready. And the Strohs are going to take it back. I'm excited about that. The last time they won was right after Harvey. They did it for the city, and they're going to do it again for our community. We had emails that come in. There were people who needed help. And I think the Astros rise to the occasion. They rise to the occasion. They're excellent. And they're setting a bar. I mean, it's been fun to watch Houston become a premier city in terms of baseball and really turn this thing around where they're speaking. I mean, this is world dominant. This is what's happening right here in Houston. So I don't think the Nationals are ready for world dominant that the Astros are bringing. So it's definitely coming home to Houston. I'm excited about it. I can't wait for the tape. I don't know if you know this, but my my campaign colors are very similar to the Astros colors. So I am supporting my Astros if we still win. So now I didn't know that there was a such such thing as a campaign color. So we learn new things all the yeah, time. We have, we have, <laughs> yeah, we have the royal blue and the orange. 
it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. And finally, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. How can folks get in touch with you? Of course, I know you are on the run. Your primary is in yeah, March. So go online to our website first. You sign up to receive our email. That's www.amandafortexas.com. And you can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Amanda for Texas. That's F-O-R. Amanda Fortex, the same thing on Twitter. And then on Instagram, you can follow us at Amanda Fortex, the number four. So follow us on all our social media platforms. It'll tell you where we're going, where we've been. We want to hear from you, the rest messages, all those good things. And we just want to continue to build this people power movement where we're going to give the people of Texas their power back, get them the results that they deserve. Well, hey, sounds good. And we certainly appreciate you taking up time. And, you know, of course, uh, I want to, while you're still on city council, you know, another reason why we have you on is maybe I can get some uh, some tea times over at Memorial before uh, the PGA comes next year. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Now, that was actually kind of controversial. Did you know that? I know a lot of people didn't know that. Now, it's, that's going to be huge for our city. That's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's going to be a big deal with uh, with Memorial Park hosting uh, yeah, the PGA. Have, and you're bringing it back to city. I'm glad we got it pushed through and, and got people's concerns addressed. But, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's just, again, Houston is a world-class city for all kinds of sports. And that's an, another example of us being a world-class city on a, and putting that platform on display. So I'm excited about it. Thanks so much. And uh, maybe when you slow down, when then we, we can catch up with you one more time before the primaries. But I know, I mean, hey, the campaign trail calls and you uh, you have to respond and be That's all correct. places at one time. So we're glad. Our, our listeners, I'm sure, are glad and appreciate that uh, you you, have, you showed the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast some love. Okay, listen, don't, don't ask me to come back because I might just start coming on the regular. So. Well, hey, well, <laughs> I will definitely ask you some sports questions. We, uh, we'll get deeper into the sports thing. So, hey, thank you so much. And, hey, continue success. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy the show. I want to thank Ms. Edwards for a wonderful conversation. Always, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the guests, and I certainly appreciate her coming on to a sports podcast and uh, showing love to this program and, of course, to KTSU and Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I mean, just a, uh, she's all over the place. If you look at, check her out on Instagram, she is all over the country and all over the state. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I'm just not that much of a people person but you guys unless it was with you guys if i was partying with my folks if i was out there talking to my folks i could but i don't have that many folks i mean i wouldn't have nearly enough to vote me in the office but you never know but thanks nonetheless to her for joining us and uh, continued success to her but now it's time for the lamont award i don't want to wish you no bad luck but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. This is when we give an award out to the player, team, entity, a sports figure, sports team for doing something that I deem dumb. So you get the Lamont Award because Lamont was a big dummy. So this time out, the Cleveland Browns, hey, look. You talk about insult to injury. Check out the latest from the Cleveland Browns organization. 
It wasn't me. That's what he's saying. A guy from Lakewood claims the Browns falsely accused him of pouring beer onto a Titans player last weekend, and they've banned him from the stadium for life. Well, let's just say, Sarah, the team's Sunday loss may not be their only fumble this week. Today we spoke to a guy who told us he was here at this party center on Sunday, not at the Browns game, which made it all the more surprising to him today when he says the Browns called him at work. The Browns, who sent a statement this week saying the fan scene here was banned indefinitely from the stadium because his behavior was unacceptable. A man they allegedly identified as Eric Smith, who says he got a call today from the franchise. And I literally said, I was like, you know, I didn't do it. You have the wrong person, obviously. So there you have it. You have the Browns in their first game of this very disappointing 2-5 and five season accusing the wrong man of pouring beer on a fan in a losing game versus the Tennessee Titans. So it's, you know, it's not surprising that the fan threw beer. What is kind of surprising is that the Browns investigated at all in the first place. But since they did, you have to make sure that you get this right. What did you just do? You just opened up a phone book and pointed this name out is it well hey he looks like the guy and i don't know what they did or why they did it but uh, they did it wrong and the guy is suing the cleveland browns so he said he hadn't been to a cleveland browns game in nine years so i think in addition to hiring a new head coach and maybe drafting another quarterback i sold on baker mayfield they definitely need to hire some uh in stadium detectives to do a, a little bit of a better job you need shaft to come out of retirement i don't know what you need to happen but any one of a dozen Browns fans could be ejected and banned for life on any given Sunday. Really, on any given Sunday. And the fact that the Cleveland Browns got this wrong, blaming a guy who hadn't been to a game in nine years, you know what? For that, you do get recognition. You do get an award because you are, after all, a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a saying that says, hey, it's bad when you can't do wrong right. Well, it's even worse when you can't do right <laughs> right <laughs> when you're doing right wrong. And so, you know, I guess we'll see how it plays out in court. I don't think that the guy was damaged too much, but uh, they do need to come out and clear his name. And if they have and I hadn't seen it, then uh, they've done a bad job of PR. So with that, before I let go. Before before I let go, hey, I want to thank Houston City Council person Amanda Edwards. In addition to that, I want to thank our sponsors, Cobank Homes, and especially $5JewelryParadise.com. You definitely want to check those uh, folks out and the wonderful jewelry. You can give some nice gifts this time of year or just, you know, stocking stuffers. That's what I say. Stocking stuffers. It's time to think about Christmas. Nice little pieces that you can put in a stocking. Also, want to send a big happy birthday out to Jesse Mitchell. Man, hey, these guys are killing me in fantasy football. I'm not my year in fantasy football look for updates on uh, the sports talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook want to thank you guys want to remind you the Wade's Word Productions website wadeswordproductions.com and of course 832-941-6614 call 24 hours a day I want your feedback I want to hear what you have to say and again as always have a great day cancer they say Hard work to hear it too.